Let's quote a scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Let's, let's pull up at 11 o'clock. Let's do an early church today because I can tell all you people are still on holidays. But Father, we want to come to your word and we want something at the start of this year. And I said last week that I really feel that this is a time of, of, of standing at the beginning of a new decade, 2010. And you can draw a line in the sand if you want and use this powerful, powerful teaching of Jesus about forgiveness. And you can ask to be forgiven. You can forgive all the stuff that happened in the last decade. And you can look at that stuff and say, well, whatever went down in the flood, so be it. Whatever the locusts have eaten, so be it. But I'm turning and I'm going to turn towards you, dear God, for a new day. And we call that new beginnings. Amen. Because if you come up into every day, every week, every month, every year with all the stuff that you consolidate of hurts, betrayals, brokenness, stuff that wears you down. We typically, typically call those things bags. Uh, some people carry bags with them through life. Some of them get opened up, say, about three months into their marriage, and, they, and the wife goes, hang on, what's that? You didn't tell me about that. And, oh, I've been, oh, I had these for years. And uh, so... Jesus says to us in Luke uh, chapter 17, verse 1, he says, in every day there will be ample opportunity to be, uh, to be offended. Who's with me? In every day you will, you will have ample opportunity to be offended. So the whole idea about um, all this great, powerful principle of Christian living is to be able to forgive people and forgive yourself even forgive God. Some people are a bit miffed about God because things haven't panned out quite well. And, but you know what? I would recommend this at the start of the new decade. You forgive those people. You, you forgive God. You forgive yourself and begin to walk out in your beginnings. Is that good? And you can do that by the powerful principle of forgiveness. Jesus spoke about it probably more than anything else. You've got to forgive you got to forgive. you got to be forgiven. you got to forgive. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. This message is about, um, I guess, trying to find some happiness. Trying to find some happiness. Say, lasting happiness, which I, I cringe a little bit. Lasting happiness. Um, but let, let's just call it happiness. I'm not talking about joy, but I'm, I'm talking about finding some level of appreciating life. You know what I'm saying? Waking up because you can get really down on life and depressed. I'm looking around. This is the best acknowledgement I've got right here, right on that point right now. Yes, amen, brother. Yes, yes, yes. Because you can get so down on life. You can get sick of your looks. You can get sick of your habits. You can get sick of your friends. You can get sick of your stuff. You can get sick of your life. And, and God doesn't want you to be like that. He wants you to be happy. And I'll try and help you with understanding how we can, I guess, be encouraged to be uh, more happy. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. I wonder if we can put that up and just leave that up for a while. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And so I thought about what I should speak about, and I thought I should speak something so basic, pastoral, 
kids are in the house, light and easy, just something light and easy. Julie's got something prophetic tonight. I'm looking forward to that. And um, I, I, I want to say this, that God created us to have relationships. Bang, you can write that down. God created us to have relationships. I said in the prayer a little while ago that Jesus didn't come to bring a religion. We're not doing religion. We're doing a, we're doing a relationship with God. One of the things that uh, bowls people over with a type of church like this is that we're not doing religion and that we're, we're not appeasing God through some ceremony, tradition, practices and smoking thing here and me wafting on in Elizabethan language. And, 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 and because we're, we're coming at you with truth, because we're coming at you with love, people who are not used to that, maybe used to the mainline church, where there's this buffer between you and me, we have religion. Do you know what I'm saying? And some people like that. They don't want, they don't want me in their face. They don't, they don't want the truth in their face. They don't want this energetic delivery of God. And so they would rather this version of church, which is great. Uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that type of church. Uh, but but th- this is a little bit more robust, a little bit more energetic, a little bit more vibrant, where it's a little bit more in your face. And I believe Aussies can handle it. Do you know what I'm saying? I think Aussies can cope with... They, they want truth and they want, the, the, they want realness. Do you, do you, have you guessed that yet? Or they want realness. They hate pretension. They hate pretense. They, they, want, they want realness. They want me to cut to the quick and they want me to bottom line and say, okay, that's great, but tell me what you're really trying to say. And who is he? Who are you? What are you on about? Aussies are very much like that. So we, we, we've come up with a version of church, I guess, that is a little bit more, I guess, in your face. And in that, we're, we're saying to you, God wants you to be in relationship with Him. And then He says, more than that, I, I, I want you to develop more relationships in God with friends and family. But even more than that, I want you to find good friends, a lifetime partner, maybe a wife, uh, or just a good friend. And, and so both is good, yeah. But the first relationship God wants us to have is a relationship with Him. So let me start here right now. The first relationship God wants you to have in life is with Him. I would be nothing without God. I'll tell you right now, I was nothing. My wheels were spinning, no traction. I was going nowhere fast, having a good time. But without God, I had no purpose. I had no, I had no power to overcome life. I had no destiny. I had no real fulfillment, although I was doing a lot of exciting things. Zig, uh, Ziglar says this. He's a, a great guy, leadership guy. He says this, How happy you are depends to a very large degree on your relationships with other people. 
how happy you are depends on your relationships with other people. I like that. I like that. I like this um, quote too from another great man. And he's uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson says this, and he's talking about life. And he's saying to laugh often. He says to laugh often and much to win the respect of intelligent people. He says, this is the definition of success. He says it again, to laugh often and much, to win the respect of intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a better place, whether by a healthy child a garden patch or a redeemed social condition to know even one life has breathed easier because you have lived this is to have succeeded he says I like that I still am impacted by that French businessman who thought who loves those uh, aircraft shows and they uh, investigate how the plane crashes and, and the businessman he says he was gone he thought he was gone and his folks I mean his family was waiting for him at the airport their plane did crash but somehow a lot of people uh, survived and he was joined back with his family they interviewed him three months later and he said this, this is a wealthy French businessman, and he said this in his near miss of death. He said, I know this now. For the rest of my life, I must contribute. I must do something that is, that is of a contribution to society, to people, to others. And he said it with such sincerity that I chose to believe him. That somehow at the end of your day, what weighs up is not your stuff, is not your achievements, but it is your contribution to others. To even one person, your friend, your family, to some social thing, to the church, somehow we got to come to the end of our day and say, my life mattered. Who's with me on that? It saddened me to hear of the precious soul, Casey Johnson. Uh, she was 31. She died earlier this week. Uh, she was the heiress, heiress of Johnson and Johnson, her great-grand. She was the great-granddaughter of the founder of Johnson and Johnson. Baby oil, are you with me? Johnson and she was 31 she had everything she was she had all the money at her disposal her her school friends was Paris Hilton and such and she was found apparently she'd been dead for days they're saying now but there's a quote and I read something like this in the paper about her and she was being very real in this interview and uh, she said, you can only shop so much. She said, you can only shop so much. She says this, another quote, waking up 
into a day with no purpose is so boring and depressing. She was obviously crying out, give me life, not money, not things. Help me. I, I, I want life where I can contribute. And so our heart goes out to people like that who just have no purpose, uh, no sense of, I guess, no sense of purpose, but no sense of fulfillment in life. And it's a sad thing. So the first one is, the first one I would have loved to say to that precious Casey Johnson would, your relationship with God, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is the foundation of your life. And I encourage anyone here right now to understand that you need to, at all costs, establish your life, build your house, your spiritual house, build your life on the solid rock of Christ. He ain't moving. The economy can buckle. The wars can happen. Pestilence can break out. Earthquakes and whatever. But if you, if you stand your life, if you build your life on Christ, you, you, you will be solid. You will have peace that surpasses man's understanding. You will be given power to overcome in life. And so I want to encourage anyone here this morning, if you've still not yet known Christ, if you're still a little bit wishy-washy about the whole deal, about giving your life to Jesus and knowing God and becoming fully acquainted with Him, I would love the privilege of helping you with that a little later on. Second thing is this. We're moving along real quickly this morning because you're warm. Second thing is your relationship with your spouse. Song of Songs 115. And check this out. I have to go there. I, I, I just need to glance this one. It's a slightly embarrassing, but I think you will be blessed for it. Uh, Song of Songs 115 says how beautiful and this is a little bit of a, a dialogue between two lovers uh, two lovers and so it goes like this how beautiful you are my darling oh how beautiful your eyes are doves this is me to Jules alright how beautiful you are my darling oh how beautiful your eyes are doves and then she say, says back to me in verse 16 how handsome you are my lover Oh, how charming. And our bed is verdant. Now, when I came to that, I thought, my God, what does that mean? I mean, green with vegetation, covered with growing plants or grass, verdant oasis. This is what I get out of the dictionary. I mean, uh, I'm not sure what it's... I did ask Julie, but I'm not going to even try and go there. But, but it talks about our, our, our bed being verdant. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to expand on that. But uh, I can tell you this. God has intended for marriage to be like a team. And for Julie and I, we have developed this teamwork in life where she becomes my helper. And it's, 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 a, it's an incredible thing to have this sort of intimacy. With, with a loved one, with your, with your wife uh, as such. And you have this shorthand 
conversation, she second guesses straight up what you want when you, I, I, you know, when you stumble and she, yeah, yeah, I know what you want, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want banana on your wheat pig shoe? Yeah, you want some milk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got you wide, buddy. I got you wide. But then sometimes you got to go longhand, and you got to explicitly, men, be able to talk to your loved one, very, I guess, very succinctly, but openly, and and tell her exactly that you love them or that whatever that that you you care and 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 so i came up with a couple of gems and i thought it was wonderful his needs children are not listening his needs sexual fulfillment recreational companionship are we going snorkeling next week jules together yeah that's great recreational companionship so there's guys out there that want to drive those four-wheel vehicles along the beach like they were doing at Diamond Head with their wife. Would you just come with me and just go for the... Yeah, yeah. Would you, would you do that with me? Because I've just realized I've got a four-wheel vehicle. You'll do it. You'll come along with me along the beach because I've never driven on the beach before. Okay. Okay, you stand on the roof. <laughs> His needs an attractive spouse. Okay, yeah. These are so real, you can laugh about them. Uh, but the next one, domestic support. Oh, I knew the ladies. I knew I'd get a chuckle out of that. Admiration. His needs, admiration. One of the key things men need, listen guys, is dignity. Uh, worst thing you can do to a man is undignify him, especially in front of people. Probably the worst detrimental thing you can do for the marriage. Is that cool? I said that. Is that cool if I said that? Is that marriages are broken up because of that. Men want to be dignified. They, they don't want to be subject to criticism. Her needs. You were asking that, weren't you? Affection. Conversation. Honesty. Openness. Financial support. Family commitment. There it is. I've said it. You can listen back to it on the tape. Three. The third level, first God is your first relationship. Second, if you're married, is your, is your spouse nurturing that, blessing that. The third one is your relationship with your children. Psalms 127 verse 3, I've got to move on quickly. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from Him. And I've included the next scripture, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Your relationship with your children comes a very close priority after your spouse. And the best way to explain this is quality time with your children. Quality time with your children. There it is in a nutshell. The best thing you can do for your children is get away. Don't go five years without a holiday. Don't do that. You can't afford a holiday? Go to um, a camping place that you can buy a three-man, a five-man tent for a hundred bucks. Get away. Scavenge up as much as money as you can. Get your family away from the environment called the home, from their present environment. Get them away even if you have to eat wheat bix for a week, at least, because kids don't mind it. We did it, Pete. 
man, but, but we ran out of food three days into our trip. And that's, I just remember eating wheat bix wheat bix because uh, we'd, we'd camp for a week, two weeks. And by the end of that two weeks, man, you're just eating potatoes and wheat bix That's all you're eating. Not like you people eating pizzas and hamburgers every day. And these were, these were the days. But get your children away. Go on outings. One of the things I remember is going on an outing with my father when he took me down to the Navy ships. And I walked through the Navy ships. You know how impressionable it is to walk through a Navy ship at the age of seven? I still remember it. I was impacted totally by it. Do you know what it looks like for the Harbour Bridge for a five, you know, five-year-old, ten-year-old? Go on an outing. Get your kids out. Experience life. Do life. Build a kite with them. Go camping with them. Go to the swings with them. Swings. Yeah. Do something that... And I just was so blessed with you guys, Jeff and Katie, seeing them camping. And they do want to go another level into the caravanning world. Uh, they were right next to us while we were in our caravan, in your tent. And, and, and those are precious memories. Being able to get away with your children is it's fantastic. Let's move along. Four, your relationship with your friends and family. Jesus said this, John 15, verse 12, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friend if you do what I command. I read a funny story. It goes like this. There were two friends who went backpacking into the wilderness. They woke up one morning and were standing by their tent with their first cup of coffee for the day. Suddenly they spotted a grizzly bear heading towards them at full speed ahead. Instantly one man reached down and grabbed his runners and quickly started to put them on. The other guy looked at him and said, are you crazy? What are you doing? Do you really think you can outrun the grizzly bear? His so-called friend said, no, I don't need to. All I have to do is outrun you. Uh, you know, so... I'm not talking about those sort of friends, but I'm talking about the friends that, that I guess respect each other, dignify each other, love each other. And to have good friends, let me just tell you this, to have a good friend in Jesus, it's all about quality time. To have a, a good marriage, it's about quality time. To have a good, good uh, parenting over your children, a relationship between your children, it's about quality time. To have good friends, it's about measuring out your love everyone has a, a love tank finishing up now everyone has a love tank either your love tank is deposited with love or it's withdrawn uh, adverse meetings withdraw from your love tank good meetings with people input and deposit love into your love tank everyone has love tanks Husbands, wives, you should know that by now. That when you're not getting the withdrawals that you need, you know that you haven't been making the deposits that you should have been making. Amen? Ephesians 4.30 says, and by the way, love is unlimited too. It's not a rare commodity. It's not a rare commodity. It's it's It's... There's heaps of it. You can't outgive God. You give God away. You give that love away. Some people are fearful. They, th they think they're running the stock market with their love. That they, that they, they get very fearful. And, 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 but 
man, just invest. Invest in people. Invest in your friends. Invest in your marriage. Invest in God. His love is unlimited. Just keep pouring the love out and He pours it back in. Keep pouring the love out and He pours it back in. And guess what? You become like this cup runneth over. You become like this light. You become this person that is radiating God. If you hold it back, if you get stingy, if, you, if, you, if you're not risking your, your love and your care and your welfare to people, that love is like the manna that was given to the Israelites. It will dry up, it will rot, it will become, it will become moldy. But if you keep giving your love away, guess what? You're going to be, God's going to keep giving love back to you, filling you up, blessing you. Keep giving that love away. Be, be daring. Take some risks. Love someone. Some people got life wide. They go, no, I don't like that sort of person. It's like a barcode. Zit. No, don't know like that one. Zit. Oh, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I can love that one. Just be, just get yourself to a place where daring love is your is your lifestyle just being friendly being friendly being friendly loving people Ephesians 4.30 lastly and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption get rid of all bitterness bitterness is, is a little bit like a strife and spitefulness and hatred but and, I, and I'm amazed at this scripture I wanted to bring it out last week but it says this do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God which is the presence of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption then it says this as a warning get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you and Ephesians 5 1 says be imitators of God therefore as dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved us. Just close your eyes for a moment, if you will. Father, help us. Help us, Lord. Help us nurture the relationships in our life. You said, Lord, in your word, Jesus taught that the kingdom of God was about relationships, a relationship to God the Father, to God the Son, Jesus, and to the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. Lord Jesus, you said that I could walk in perfect forgiveness. You said that I could walk in peace. You said that I could walk in love. You, you said that I could walk in this dynamic of the presence of God around my life. Father, help me nurture and bless and water and encourage all the relationships in my life all my friends, all my family, my marriage, my children. Father, I want to say at the start of this decade that I am committed to the God relationships in my life, to my church, to the people in the house of God. Lord, help me invest more into the people that you've given me as a family. Lord, this is just not a drive-through McDonald's. This is just not spectator sport. You've sent me to a family whereby, Lord, I can get to know people, encourage people, and be encouraged by people. Jesus, help me know you more. Help me practice your presence every day, 
help me have time out with you read the bible pray to you i want to i want to go higher i want to go deeper my soul cries out for you my heart cries out for you my spirit yearns for you lord this year even now i declare and i believe in my heart that you can bless my relationships in my life heal those ones heal those relationships that have that have fallen over that have become lord hostile or dysfunctional father help me lord god forgive all the people's let's all stand god bless you see jesus didn't come to bring a religion he came to bring a relationship life is built up of relationships without healthy relationships we will not be successful in life we need to be encouraged in our relationships we need to be encouraged maybe you've never developed a relationship with jesus but today is the day where you want to say dear god i want to start right i want to want to make you my first priority i want to make you my first priority in my life i've been sort of lord wishy-washy ah uh, god i've had it i need you i need you to be the source of my life I want to be like King David, David who went through struggles and but at the end of the day always came back to God and always had a heart towards God. Lord, I pray this morning that if there be anyone in the house this morning that just feels, Lord, dejected, left out, they feel they can't love anymore. They maybe have been disappointed by life, by even by marriage, by relationships and but dear god you can again dear god you can rebuild us to love again some people are not as daring with their love they've got their certain friends and that's it but jesus says you know you can be a friend to anyone you choose by his power dear god you said you would stick closer than even a brother You've never left me. You've been there all the time. You've never left me, Lord. You're there all the time. But Lord, you're waiting for me to acknowledge you. You're waiting for me to say yes to you. You're waiting for me to say yes to you.